What's up, y'all? I'm Max. I'm here with my buddy Chris, and we're both freshman hoopers at Madai College in Buffalo, New York. And this is episode one of Shipped Across the Border. And the purpose of this podcast moving forward is going to be to inform and give effective information for you young hoopers out there who are trying to make and play for a college basketball team. We're going to give you guys inside information of what it's like to be on a college basketball team. We're going to try and give you guys advice. We're going to interview some of our teammates and see if we get their opinions on things, interview some coaches, and try and break down exactly what you need to do to become a college basketball player. And yeah, we're going to take you guys through our journey over the next, over this year and the next four years, hopefully. And we're going to keep you guys updated and we're going to give you guys some useful advice to, so hopefully you guys can get to the position that we have been blessed to be able to be a part of. So the first thing that we want to talk about is just work your fucking ass off. Yeah, basically the difference between uh, a high school basketball player and a college basketball player is whoever's in the gym more. Is this realistically what it, what it comes down to? Like there's going to be some guys who are naturally gifted and some guys who have things that you don't have. But if you're in the gym every single day and those guys aren't, eventually there's going to come a point when uh, you can separate yourself and show off those things that you've been working on. I think two of the most important things in order to get good at anything, it doesn't necessarily need to be basketball, is just consistency and perseverance. Like whatever you want to do, you got to do it every single day no matter what and then no matter what's going on in your life, no matter whether you're sick, no matter whether this or that or the inconsistencies, because life is inconsistent, success is never linear linear pathway but you got to do what you do and you have to have a goal in mind and do what you want to do and to, in order to get good at it you have to do it every day no matter what's going on no matter what's going on uh, i think that's a good lead off into uh so what should you do when you're working out so basically when you, every time you get in the gym you should have a pretty solid idea whether you write down in notes whether you lay it out in your head whatever you have to do just have a solid a to b plan of exactly what you're working on the second you get in the gym because if you don't write it down it becomes very loosey-goosey and like it's not going to translate in the game very well. So, like, you should have, like, I'm going to do 75 mid-range shots, then I'm going to do 75 uh, off the dribble, then I'm going to do this, then I'm going to do uh, deep threes. Like, you have to have a plan before you even set foot in the gym so you can get the most out of your training instead of just it being random, if you know what I mean. That kind of goes for, like, the weight room as well. If you go to the weight room and you just do random-ass exercises, you do a few reps of bench press, and then you move to, like, squats, and then you move to the whatever, you're not really getting, you're not really fatiguing your muscles in the proper way in order to stimulate growth, and that's very similar to on the court. If you track your workouts and you track how many makes you have, you track how many misses you have, and you know what you're doing, and you go in with a plan, not only is it more motivating and helps you push yourself through the workout, oh, I just have to do this and then I can be done, or I just have to do this and I can finish, it kind of helps you, helps keep you along the pathway and kind of track your progress throughout, and so you know you're getting better, and that helps, I think, bring us to our next point, which is you gotta be confident. And the work, confidence comes from the preparation, the work, and you can be confident in your work because you know, oh, I put up 500 reps today, I put up 5,000 reps this week, and that really helps build like confidence in your game because you can think before the game like, damn, like nobody on this court put up more reps than me. So you, you can just be confident and trust yourself and trust the work you can do, but you can only do that if you know the work that you're doing. Yeah, that basically leads into what I was going to say is like currently in my basketball journey, that's kind of what I'm struggling with is like the mental aspect of the game, which that with what he said, it comes down to like if you're putting in the work or not. And obviously, if you're not putting in the work, the confidence isn't going to come with that. But um, there is going to come a point in your career where you're like faced off against some really good players. And if you're not putting in the work, then it, you're going to get exposed. Like it's going to happen. And uh, 
yeah, like I was saying, that's currently what I'm working on. Like, cause I'm playing well below my potential and I'm fully aware, like I'm putting in a lot of work every single day. And, uh, it's, it's, it's some, some of it's showing on the court. It's some frustrating. Of it's, not. it's just, it's just how the game works. Like it's up, ups and downs, but you just got to live with it. Like there's going to, like I said, there's going to come a point in your career where you're faced off with somebody who's better than you and you're going to have to mentally be able to get an edge or find something to lean on during the game. You can agree too, like everybody in practice, no defense. Every, like, I think basketball is like the easiest sport to be like mediocre at. That's is that yeah, a fair well, statement. That, that's why you got Hoopers at the Park, bro. Exactly, like, it's really like, easy Hoopers, to pick up. Hoopers at the Park, like everybody's like, everybody's decent when there's no pressure. But I think the biggest leap in basketball from like recreational to competitive is like the pressure that comes with it. And I think yeah, like um, I'm currently injured. So I'm currently sidelined watching all of the open gyms and the practices and stuff like that. I'm still getting my work in so I can be prepared um, and in the best shape possible for when I come back. But from watching you, from watching everybody else, like when me and you were shooting on the gun or on the shooting machine or when just watching other people shoot, like everybody could hoop, but no, all your skills don't come out when, when tip-off happens, when that whistle blows. You feel me? Like you really rely on like what your best skill is and what you've really worked on because everyone can hoop. But I think that one thing that's really helped me at least through my basketball career, and I think we, I was starting to show you um, a few days ago when we were on the gun, is practicing with pressure. So one of the things that I like to do, let's say I'm hooping on, the, I'm shooting on the gun, I like to count how many makes I get in a row. And then, so one of the drills that I personally do is I'll shoot three mid-ranges. I'll, if I'll hit three mid-ranges in a row, then I'll move back to threes. And I'll shoot threes until I miss two in a row. And once I miss two in a row, I go back to shooting mid-ranges. I go back to, and I have to hit three in a row now. And just like stringing reps and trying to hit a certain amount of shots in a row or trying not to miss a certain amount of reps really helps add uh, an elevated factor of pressure that kind of simulates that feeling that you get in a game. Obviously, you're never going to simulate practice in a game. It's impossible. But if you can elevate your level of practice and add a, that little bit of pressure, add that little extra level, that extra notch, and you can get really good at it and not let the pressure phase you, not let the thought of like, oh, if I miss this three, I have to go back to mid-ranges or I've hit two mid-ranges in a row. If I miss this third one, I have to stay here for another certain amount of reps. It kind of helps you build that mental fortitude and helps you really lock in and take that extra level in the game. Because if you're practicing with pressure and the competition isn't, what you practice is going to better translate into the game easier. Yeah, and I was going to add on to what you said there, how it's like the, the pressure aspect and like when, you, when, the, when the ball tips off, like you're not going to be able to showcase everything you have. So like this is kind of like the higher levels you go up in this sport, the more one-dimensional your game's going to become. That's why you have guys in the NBA who are just shooters or just defenders or all this stuff. It's like, in basketball, it's better that you get good or great like at really one... really fucking good. Just get really good at one thing and then instead of being decent at a bunch of things because if you get decent at a bunch of things, if you can kind of ball handle, if you can kind of finish, if you can kind of shoot, it's really hard to place you on a team somewhere where if you're like the best shooter or the best ball handler or all this stuff, you're going to have a guaranteed spot on any team because you can do that one thing better than everybody else. Going back to what we were talking about a bit before with like the pressure and stuff, I think one of the most important things in basketball is like staying positive, which is really, really, really hard at times. And I know just as well as you know that when you have a bad game or you miss four or five shots in a row, your teammates are yelling at you, you take a bad shot and everyone's on your ass. It's hard to stay positive and it's hard to be in that like positive, like I'm good, I could do this type mindset. But I think that it's really, really important because like on the court, 
like everybody's against you like it's you versus like everybody else and you gotta so why take away your only why take away your only teammate which is yourself and the confidence in yourself why take that away from yourself if you, you need all the help you can get especially in like a doggy dog like killers like <laughs> mentality world that is college basketball yeah. you really gotta be your own friend because it gets lonely like you have a shit you have a shit fucking practice you feel like shit some of your teammates are harping on you I mean it's all love at the end of the day and we're all a family but we gotta hold each other accountable that's why we all got to this level by being held accountable and so it gets lonely and you really gotta be with yourself and really like really be positive and encourage and lift yourself up because nobody's gonna do it for you it's very rare that somebody's gonna come to you on the sideline and just gas you up and blow smoke up your ass like you really gotta really gotta help yourself yeah, it's a, very, it's a very mental game, and I'm struggling with that right now, too. Like, one of the biggest things with me is, like, if I miss three shots in a row, like, I'm not thinking, like, oh, I fucked up. I'm thinking, like, oh, my teammates are going to be pissed at me that I missed that shot, so now I'm not going to get the ball. And then I have a tendency to, like, I just won't want to touch the ball, especially if I'm playing, like, absolute dog shit. And then what ends up happening is you just get in this downward spiral. Like, you don't touch the ball, and you play shittier on defense, then your teammates don't trust you, and then you just keep going down. And, like, it, 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 it all comes down to, like, if you have the mental fortitude to, like, okay, I missed three shots in a row – but I'm not going to change the way that I play. I'm still going to come off this screen, shoot with the exact same amount of confidence. Like, if you can keep yourself straight mentally, then the rest of the stuff will fall into place. You have to realize that all that, like, extra environmental bullshit, like he just said, like, oh, my teammates are not going to want to pass me the ball. I'm not going to pick, get picked up for the next run. That's all, A, out of your control, and B, scenarios in your head that you're making up. You haven't, nobody said anything to you. You haven't even got the next shot. You haven't not been picked up yet. It's all in your head and you're going down this like negative spiral while you're losing confidence. And you really have to like put your foot down and stop and lift yourself up. Because as I said before, like nobody's going to do it for you. Like you really have to be your own best friend in this world and really help yourself and keep yourself positive. Yeah. And then if, if you do all the things that we're talking about, like if you're putting in the work, if you're staying good mentally, if you're not letting other people shake your confidence, coaches are going to see that. And that's, at the end of the day, what you're really looking for is to have a coach notice you, to start talking to them, to get in discussions like that. And um, the mental side of the game, it, it, it's one of the biggest, not only the biggest factors, but it's one of the first things that coaches see when they're watching the game. They're like, if this guy misses a shot, they may not even care if it goes in or not, but if you do miss the shot, they're going to look and see down. how you react to what just happened. And if you're down on yourself and all of a sudden they can see that you're going to be a negative influence on the team, the likelihood that you get picked up gets lower and lower. Even if you are a god-tier player, like if your mental if your mental side of the game isn't there, then the likelihood that you get picked up is just it's not good. This kind of goes into another point, which is very similar, but it's just don't let others' opinions affect you. So if someone if you miss a shot, and someone does make a comment to you, like you can't let that shake you off your game. You can't let that mess you up. Like you have to just keep doing what you do, keep relying on the work that you put in, and just don't let others op- people's opinions affect you. And this also kind of goes into, like, just life in general, but especially as, like, a D3 hooper. Like, I know when I committed very, very early, and I was in a situation, I went to a prep school in Ohio where it was very, like, athletic-oriented, and so people knew, oh, he's playing basketball in college. Like, that's an awesome achievement at any level. And so I was lucky with that. But when I come home, me and Chris are both, we're both from Canada. That's also why it's called Shift Across the Border. But it's a less basketball environment place. And so, oh, like, he's playing D3. Like, why isn't he playing D1? Like, he's not going, he's not going to make money ever playing basketball. Like, what's the point in, like, going to a random-ass school in downtown Buffalo, leaving everybody you know for no reason? Like, people really don't understand, A, the difficulty to become a D3 hooper because there's, like, a stat. It's, like, 
five percent, three percent, or whatever it is of college or high school athletes play basketball in college. So to be a part of the top three, five percent of anything in the world is an unbelievable accomplishment, and obviously takes a lot of hard work, perseverance, everything we talked about before. But you really can't let other people's opinions affect you, and bring you down. Like you really gotta just be your own person and do what's best for you. Yeah, and then if we're gonna get down to like getting recruited. Um, you have to be really proactive in the ways that you put yourself in front of coaches because, like, you're most likely the people listening to this aren't going to be the next Giannis. They're not coming down doing 360s on a fast break. Like, you really have to put yourself out there and get coaches to notice you. And if you don't, like, the only reason that I'm in the position that I'm in is because I put my film out there. I was talking to coaches on a regular basis. I had an NCSA profile. I don't know if you guys know what that is, but it's like uh, basically Instagram for college coaches to see you and any kind of athlete can do this. And you just go on there, you make a profile and you put your stuff on there and the coaches can email you back and forth and do all this stuff. And it does cost money, but like it, for me, it was the best investment I'd ever, I've ever made in terms of my basketball career. It was I think 800 bucks for a full-time membership and you get a personal coach. He'll start talking to coaches for you. You can send out emails. Like I send out like, 50 emails and I got like maybe four responses for so for you for those guys out there who aren't like that next level athlete and they're not completely destroying everybody and you really need to maximize the amount of people that you're talking to you're gonna have to send a lot of emails you're gonna have to get a lot of coaches talking to you you're gonna have to get you're gonna have to get a lot of volume to really uh get to the next level yeah like at the end of the day if you're not a generational type talent coaches are not going to be coming to your games to see you. They're not going to know who you are. Like, in the most respect, like, respectfully, you're a nobody. <laughs> and I was a nobody, and Chris is a nobody, too. And 99.999% of athletes are nobodies until they send out emails, until they get on a coach's radar. But in order to do that, you have to do these types of things. When I was in high school, I probably sent out 150 emails. Probably 150. I was up at night with my dad helping me out, with some of my friends helping me out, with my coaches helping me out. I probably sent out 100 to 150 different schools, D2s, D3s, NAIs, just different schools that I could see myself being not only an athlete at, but also a student at, schools I like the area, schools that I seem to like the environment, they had the program that I want to study, because at the end of the day, it's bigger than basketball, and you're going to school, yeah, you're getting a scholarship to play basketball, and you're representing the school on the court, but you also ha are living there for like eight months of the year, so you have to like the school environment, you have to like the coach, you have to like where like the loca the geographical location, like, there's a lot of factors that go into it that are not just the basketball portion, but you have to do your own research and it takes a lot of time. And we talked about putting in the work. There's multiple different ways that work can be put in. Work can be put in on the court, work can be put in, in the weight room, work can be put in with your lifestyle, your diet, your sleep. And when you're trying to get recruited, work can be put in with reaching out to coaches. Another thing that I did was I went to recruiting camps. I knew that I was looking at high academic private liberal, liberal arts or just smaller private higher academic division three schools and so my coach helped me and he found initially it was 20 then it was 40 then it was 60 then it was 80 and it was 100 schools that would fit me and i emailed all of them and one thing that i did is i went to a recruiting camp i went to the yale elite camp this is open for anybody i mean you're gonna get exposed if you're not good <laughs> but there's it's a kind of like a feeding ground for high academic division three schools and ivy league schools and i went to the yale camp went to the brown camp and i just went and i did what i do and we as we talked about you just do what you do and i shoot the ball really well and i'm very confident in the way that i shoot the ball i finish in transition really well and i just stuck to what i did and did my thing and ended up talking to a bunch of schools from that i mean the first day i was there 
was horrendous. <laughs> and I played, it was playing against really, really high level competition. Now looking back at it, there's a dude who I played with who's committed to Yale. There's a dude who's committed to Harvard. There's a dude who's playing at Cornell right now. It's very, very high level competition. And the first day I kind of let it get to me and I let it get to my head. But the second day I kind of just went in with the attitude, like nobody here knows me. So if I mess up, like it's never gonna, it's never gonna get to me. I just gotta go and play my game and kind of like play with, play with my heart on my sleeve. Cause I made my dad drive eight hours to Connecticut to Yale and six hours to Rhode Island for Brown. And I didn't come here for no reason. And so I kind of just put the chip on my shoulder and I did my thing the second day and I ended up picking up a few interests and that kind of sparked my recruitment process at the end of my junior year. But you really have to like reach out and be proactive and you have to stay positive because I sent out 150 emails, 150 probably. And I probably talked to like 20 coaches and had legitimate interest from like 10 and actual, and I actually went on like three or four visits. So it goes like that every time. But as Chris said, like the volume that you put yourself out there, the more no's you get leads you closer and closer to that one. Yes. Which is also a life skill. Yeah, and uh, what he said there too was good. The a lot of hoopers don't focus on their grades, and I did that from great. I was just double down on basketball and like fuck school, screw this. I'm just gonna double down on basketball. I'm gonna get as good as I can. I'm gonna completely neglect this. That if you're really like just busting people and like do you could still make it if your grades are complete dog shit, but there is still gonna be like entry level tests and all of this stuff. So like I mean. I'm not going to tell you that you that you should neglect your grades, but I mean, unless you're really going out there and destroying people, your grades are going to be another factor that a lot of people seem to just completely throw out the window when they're thinking about how can I get recruited to college basketball. So again, put in the work for basketball, but also keep in mind that like your grades are going to be somewhat of a factor when it comes to you getting recruited. Yeah, like at the end of the day, if you're not an absolute dog, six seven, dunking, shooting the ball, like you're going to have to academically get into the school before you can be officially offered and so you can hoop at the school. Well, that's going to be the first thing they check is like yeah. if, if they look at your film and like, okay, we like this guy. And the first thing they're going to go to the is, like, hey, can he even go to our school with his transcripts? They're going to ask for your transcripts throughout, your, throughout all your years, what courses you've taken. And you really have to, you really have to excel in multiple aspects of, of life in order to be a college basketball player. It's and not just that, that shows them that like you're not only committed to basketball. It's like I, I, I work hard in every single area of my life. Like if you're a straight A student, if you're killing people on the court, if you're eating healthy, all this stuff, like coaches notice this stuff immediately in the way that you walk, the way that you talk, the way that you carry yourself. And they can just see that this guy's gonna be consistent with whatever I throw at him. If I need him to be a leader, if I need him to do a speech in front of the school, if I need to do him to do any thing on the court, like how can they trust you to be their point guard and run plays if you can't even keep your grades up? At the end of the day, coaches are, coaches are building a family. We have, we have a big team. We have like 20, 20 plus guys. 22 people. 22. But coach only wants to bring, same way as you, you only want to bring good people into your home. You only want to bring people with good intentions, who work hard, who have good morals, good values, good characteristics. To A, represent the school, but to B, bring it to your home. A coach is not going to bring in a cancerous person just because they're good at basketball, when they could find somebody who's a little bit worse, but a way better human being, yep. which is going to help uplift the whole team and the community as a whole. Because at the end of the day, the coach represents the community, and so he wants to build a team that represents the community how he sees fit. It's also his job. So like, if, yeah. he, if he brings in someone that's cancerous and brings the entire program yeah, down, it's a poor reflection on him. And, and, it, and he's at risk of getting fired. So yeah, yeah, at the end of the day, it's a business. At the end of the day, it's a business. Um, I think we can sidestep into eating healthy, lifting and sleep and all that kind of stuff, which comes... Yeah, just kind of like what you can do outside of basketball 
in addition to like sending out film to like help you get to the next level so yeah basically like this is all pretty baseline stuff like i know there, diet's really different for everybody like personally I, I don't eat bread i don't eat any fried food i eat nothing but meat vegetables and fruit and i'm pretty I, I consider myself a very healthy person like there's some guys on our team who eat complete dog shit and they can still go out there and dunk and do all this stuff that's but not everybody. That's not everybody, though. Chances are it's not you, either. Most likely. This guy is kind of crazy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you're probably going to have to... Like, that would be... If, if I was going to start anybody off and tell you one piece of advice that you could start today on improving your basketball journey, it would be just fix your diet, fix your sleep, get your and start working right. out on a regular basis. That's the base... That's, that's 90% of it, is just get your habits in order, start eating healthy, start sleeping seven, eight hours a night, some people like less. Like some people on our team sleep four hours a night, and you sleep like maybe four to five. I would like to sleep seven, eight hours a night, but I mean, college basketball is no joke. We have Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday lift. Be there at five fifty-five. Lift at six. So realistic. So get up at five thirty-five forty. Yeah, you're waking up at five thirty. So seven hours of sleep sometimes isn't going to be a realistic expectation. But like on the days where you really today's an off day for us, so you on the days that you yeah. can get your sleep get really, your sleep really maximize here on your rest days eat as healthy as you can I mean I avoid bread maybe you don't want to I don't know whatever you're going to do but just find a diet that works for you and do it consistently like do you it consistently that's, that's the most the important thing consistency will be talent every single time if you just stick with it over the long term and uh, the hardest thing is just getting in the gym every single day and then yeah that'll come down to your plan like when you get in the weight room when you get in the gym find like get a routine and get a plan that you can do so maybe monday wednesday friday you're working a thousand shots a day and then tuesday thursday you're doing ball handling and then those days monday wednesday friday you're doing upper body and then lower body all this stuff like it's all about building a, a system that can most effectively transfer into the college system because when you get here it's like they're already gonna have a plan laid out for you but in high school that's probably one of the biggest biggest differences is like you there's no one leading you to this to this to the successful point like you have to be very self-motivated yeah you have to do it yourself so like in college there's no like oh i don't really want to get up today whatever it's like this is laid out for you this is what you're going to do this is our program and this is how you're going to do it in high school you're all it's all you you have to figure this stuff out on your own and you have to find a way to get into the gyms you have to find a way you have to figure out what food is healthy how you work all of this stuff you have to be very self-aware yeah and do your research research too chris as like chris said like basketball isn't a complex sport like whatever you do, just do it consistently. So like for me, my workout schedule, you also do, you don't have to do anything crazy. You don't have to do any sort of crazy workouts. You don't have to shoot a million a shots a day. For me, I'll walk you guys through personally what I do. So on a regular day, I will lift with our team lift from six to seven in the morning. And then I will usually hop on the bike as a part of my rehab for my knee. And then while my team is playing open gym, I'll usually go to the back gym, just bring a ball and go to the back gym and just get an hour of, really intentional repetitions going. So I'm not really trying to put up a ton of volume, but I'm really trying to put up a ton of focused reps. So I'm making sure I'm really driving my elbow. I'm really holding my follow through. My, my ball path is smooth. I'm bending my knees, keeping everything consistent. And so I may be only making 100, 200 shots within that hour, which if I hopped on the gun, I could be making 1,000. But those 200 intentional reps are gonna do me a lot better in the long run and do a lot me a lot better in helping make my jump shot consistent and translate into the game than BSing for an hour and a half, BSing for two hours, three hours. So whatever you do, just make sure you're really, really focused and you're really locked in and you're doing everything intentionally. And that also goes back to having the plan. You really want to be intentional with everything you do in order to help translate it best to the best of the court. 
I mean, I also usually at night go back and hop on the gun and just get my volume in because that is important. You need to be able to get reps up. But before you can just get reps up and just shoot and shoot and shoot, you really have to have a baseline and something that you can do consistently in order for you for those reps to even be worth it. Because if you shoot a thousand reps but you shoot every shot differently, you don't get you get zero percent better. So, if, but you have to really create a strong foundation before you can start repping it out and repping it out and repping it out. That also goes for the weight room. Like you really need to start with your body. You don't want to be ego lifting and just throwing, trying to bench That's how you get two injured. plates or whatever, or trying to squat two plates or trying to do a hundred pull-ups. Like you really want to start where you're good at and not compare yourself to other people and progressively overload yourself from there in order to kind of just get your body into the best shape that it is possible. Yeah, I guess this could go into uh, what's like the number one thing that you could do. I guess I already said the eating eating healthy and that's like the baseline getting enough sleep and all this stuff but if you're going to get in the gym and you want to know like the number one skill that you could work on to try and become a college basketball player just or just get better at basketball in general is your jump shot you gotta shoot that bitch that well. is being able to shoot the ball opens up every other aspect of the game and makes everything 10 times easier for any player i don't care if you're seven feet tall i don't care if you're four foot eleven and if you are four foot eleven you definitely have to be able to shoot the fucking ball but um, yeah, any any aspect of your game will be enhanced if you can shoot the ball. Like if you can finish at the rack, all of a sudden now they're backing off. Okay, I can bang that bitch. Now if you're a good ball handler and you can come off the screens, and then if they sag, you can shoot the ball. Like there's no. Then if you're a center, you can stretch the floor. Like there's no aspect, there's no position that shooting won't improve in your game. Like that is that is the number one thing, hands down, that you could work on to become a better player. For me personally, like I'm a shooter. I was recruited to play college basketball for my shooting ability, and my coach expected me to shoot the ball on elite level. But my junior year of high school, literally all I could do was shoot. You'll, like, you'll still get picked up. All, all I could do, do all I could do, I averaged, I averaged like 18 points a game. I shot, I hit like 3.8, like somewhere around four threes a game, shooting 43%, which is really, really, really good. But I would have, I would have 17 points, fit, uh, five threes, and a fast break layup, or five threes and a floater. My baskets were not were just were just catch and shoot threes off the dribble threes, but that's what I was working. on. I was really really working on my jump shot, my three pointer, and I really got really good at it. And that really jump started my recruitment process. And okay, he could shoot the ball. We want him on his, on our team. Then on top of the fact that I had a four point one GPA, which is good grades, and then when I talked to coaches, I've developed good communication skills and whatever. You could tell that coach could tell that I have, my heart's in a good place and I work hard, and so that really helps elevate it. But it really starts with just being able to shoot the ball. My senior year of high school, I went in my junior year of high school to this Ohio prep school from Canada. So nobody really knew who I was. And so that resulted in me getting a lot of open looks and I was just knocking them down. But once I got on other team scouting reports later in the year and then throughout my whole senior year, I went from averaging like 3.83s a game to like 1.83s a game just because I'm getting run off the line. And so that helps you develop, develop other matters. skills, which is finishing at the rim, which is I got... Usually my, our team had a play where I'd get a double screen in the corner. I probably hit 43s my junior year off that one play. And I probably hit three or four my senior year because I wouldn't even get open. But I probably hit 30 or 40 one drill pull-ups going middle or two drill pull-ups going middle because you have to be able to adapt. So that's another thing. You want to be good at one thing, but you want to be able to adapt to your environment. And okay, the team needs somebody who's going to rebound. I'm going to rebound because that's also really important. Like coaches really, really want someone to be able to fit a role. And so the more role – that kind of is – like goes back on what we said before, but you got to be able to fit a role. And so if you can fit more than one role, that really, really helps you. But you have to be able to fit one role to start. That's the baseline. Like if you can do like, that's why if you look at like um, guys in the league or if you look at like 
like, okay, if you wanted to look at all the skills, like, okay, who's the best rebounder in the world? It's like, if you can just rebound, that might get you to the league. If you're the best ball handler in the world you're pro- and you can't do anything else, you're probably not going to make it to the league. But if you're the best shooter in the world, there is a spot for you on a team. Somewhere. Anywhere, dude. Somewhere. Like, that is... Just being good at shooting will get you so many opportunities. And that'll come down to, like... you can Also, if you're the best shooter in the world, but you can't run and come back and play on defense, which requires you to be in good shape, which is something you guys should be working on consistently, regardless of if you're in-season, out-of-season, all this stuff. Like, our team... Um, we have some crazy drills, apparently, where we're going to be running, like, 17s with bricks in our hands. 30, 30 suicides in 30 minutes. And it's NBA runs after everything. Like, college basketball is no conditioning, 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 and conditioning. And being able to shoot the basketball. And being able to shoot the basketball. That is really what it comes down to. And if you're in good shape, you can play defense, and you can shoot the ball at a high level, there is going to be a spot for you on some, some someone's team. Somewhere. Some That's, team somewhere. But uh, Chris also talked about being in good shape. So, as I talked about a little bit before, but I kind of want to elaborate on, there's a few things that you can really do to maximize your potential to play college basketball, and just like your ability to play basketball in general, that's not actually related to, like, putting the ball in the basket, which is shooting, which is whatever, which being in good shape is one of them. Because if you're in good shape, if you're in really good shape, you're going to be able to have an easier time doing what you do. So, if you shoot the ball or you finish at the rack, you're going to have a lot easier time doing that if you're not huffing and puffing. If you're not tired, if you're better in good shape, if you're in better shape than everybody else, you're going to have an easier time than everybody else doing the things that you're good at. But another thing is just going hard every chance you get. Like, honestly, basketball, in my opinion, is the best thing in the entire world. And every time you get to play basketball, it's a blessing. But you have to make the most of every opportunity. So if there's a ball, go dive on the floor for that ball. Take charges. And do, like, the nitty-gritty things to really help your team win. And that's also really what coaches like. Because not everybody can be James Harden, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, LeBron James, taking step back three, taking side step threes, doing crazy shit. They need people to shoot the ball and to work their asses off on defense. And so you really have to do the little things that you can control, like hustling for rebounds and... Going hard on defense, diving for loose balls, all that stuff. And then like that'll also translate to like if you guys are running suicides and you're dying on every single one. You look like, like an idiot. Just just going you look like you don't care. Just just going all out on every single play and everything. That's all gonna translate. Well, first of all, that translates to life. It's like how you do anything is how you do everything. So, if you look if you are the last in the suicides, it looks like you, to the coach you directly telling the coach that you don't care and you don't take this seriously. And so why would he pick you or why would he play you if there's somebody who is Equal or maybe a little bit worse than you, but can, they're putting in the effort. They're putting in the effort. Long term, first of all, they're signing you for two to four years of your life. Like they're they're locking them. They're, they're giving you a chance, and they're giving they're putting a chance. And out. chances are there's some some sort of monetary value. Like they're giving you money or helping you pay for college in return. They're expecting that you work your ass off and that you be yeah. consistent. And and they're betting on you for the next four years. That if you like, our coach said this the first day. He's like. He, there was guys, there was returners, there was freshmen, and there was some sophomores and all this stuff. And he goes, transfers, he, he walks into the room and he goes, I don't care if you played for me last year. I don't care what you did in high school. I don't care any of this stuff. If you're not getting better, I don't want you on my team. He said this to us the first day we got here. Like, he, they don't care if you're doing your sixes and everything. But if you're not going to get better over the course of those next four years, there's no reason why they should pick you. Because first of all, even if you are the best player on the court, if you're not getting better every single day, someone's going to pass you at some point. Cause some people are getting better. There's always somebody doing more. So you got to be doing as much as you possibly can 
in order to just solidify your, not only solidify your spot on the team and because on there's the team and then there's the rotation and then there's the starting lineup so you really have to be always getting better and getting and better us, and beating out other there's people the, there's the jv team that where everyone's competing for spots in the jv team they're trying to get up to the regular team and if you're not willing to get better you're not going to be able to compete because people there's everyone on the team is trying to get onto that it's trying to get a spot is trying to solidify themselves as a role player or a starter or something yeah so that's all we got for y'all today but we're going to put out episodes every week just discussing what we're doing with our weekly workouts, what we're doing as the team, how the team's going, kind of like what we do before games. We can bring you guys with stuff like that, just our experiences as college athletes as this year develops, as this kind of as we go along the path. And, uh, and hopefully keep going with us. Hopefully uh, at some point we're going to start getting interviews with some of our teammates and the coaches and we're going to try and get you guys some inside information as to what they're looking for. We're going to try and break down some of their journeys. At some point me and Max are going to talk about exactly how we got into basketball and how we ended up where we are. And uh, we're going to start talking to all our teammates and asking them how they started basketball, their advice, what they would give, what kind of advice they would give you their younger selves and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, that's a wrap on episode one of Shipped Across the Border. We appreciate you guys listening and see you guys next week.